Friends, what follows is not for the faint of heart. We bring you tales of the paranormal, human wickedness, the curious, and the bizarre. Please, if you continue, proceed with caution and an open mind. We are the Queen City Creeps. Hello and welcome to Queen City Creeps, your favorite podcast for all things true crime, paranormal, and just a little bit weird. I am Sarah, and I'm here with Shelby. Hello. And Jennifer. Hey. And tonight, we are going to talk about crime. <laughs> like normal, I guess. Is this an intervention? Yes. Oh, shit. It's an intervention. Oh, man. Sorry, guys. I want to know about your crime-ridden past. Why, why'd you look at me? <laughs> <laughs> She's assuming I don't have any stories. I kind of assume you don't have any stories, but... Jennifer, tell us your story first. Go first. Yeah. I um, mean, if you have one, do you have one? Yes. It's not very impressive, but <laughs> sure. So, like, everyone obviously, like, has speeding stories and underage drinking. Most people have that, at least. Not so, me. I'm not going to nope, talk about that. Definitely not. But the only thing that I could think of was when I was, like, three or four, and I don't remember this, like, you guys all know that I don't, but my mom has told this story multiple times to me, but I guess we were in a grocery store when I was around three or four, and you know how they always have, like, packs of gums, gum and then, like, candy bars and stuff right by the Like the, the impulse mm-hmm. buy aisle? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, I mean, at three or four, I don't know... That you need to purchase things. I just think this is mine, obviously. Yeah. So I take a pack of gum. My mom doesn't know, and she's ringing everything up. And then I think we go out to our car, and then she's like, where did you get that pack of gum? And I was like, <laughs> store, right there. Right, we were just in there. We were just mom. in there. Yeah, you were yeah. there. So she forced me to go back in the store and give it to him. But I don't remember any of this. But so, that's, was, so I stole a pack of gum. Was it like age-appropriate gum? Was it like juicy fruit or something? Or was it like... I big red. Know. Yeah. My grandma always had imagining. big red. She yeah. never told me what type, and I don't remember. So I doubt she remembers either. Your whole family was in a fog for like 12 years, that's apparently. True. Yeah. Yeah. So true. did you did you like get your marketing degree in juvie, or how did that work out? <laughs> no, I think they knew, okay, she's really small. It's okay. <laughs> you you okay. came back and gave it to them. Right. That was really nice good. of you. Nice. Yeah. Nice. You'd be sneakier next time. Do you guys want a a Sarah mom story or a drunk hot mess Sarah story? Both. Can, is there one that overlaps? If there was a I Venn mean, diagram of this story, you know is there an overlap? Me, so. <laughs> so probably. Probably. Um, okay, so the Sarah mom story is very similar to Jennifer's. Um, I had just had Eliza, like she was maybe a month old, and I had her in one of those like little pumpkin seats, you know, that you put over your arm and you carry them. So no, <laughs> I've never reproduced. I've okay, no so they they have like the basket, the car seat that looks like a basket, and that's called a pumpkin seat. I don't know why, but it is. Is that okay. like a Cinderella reference? Or? Sure, sure, okay. yeah. But it's the one that you loop over your arm. Yeah. And when Eliza was like teeny tiny, I would use it like a shopping basket if I ran into someplace real quick, like Walgreens. Or whatever. Okay. Yeah. And so I would just lay Were you just piling shit on top of your baby? <laughs> yes. Nice. <laughs> Obviously. Everyone too does it. It's fine. I just want you to like go in to get a watermelon one time. <laughs> Put it on the top like, of the baby. Here, baby, hold this. So I went into Walgreens. I think I was probably like picking up a prescription and like the shampoo I like is there and just like, you know, little miscellaneous things. And 
I'm using her like a little shopping basket and I'm taking everything out and putting it on the counter and I get back home. I pay for everything, whatever. You get think. back home, I think. <laughs> right. Get back home, take baby out of the car seat and realize there's like my shampoo and conditioner had like wedged themselves under her little body. Oh, God. <laughs> so I totally stole shampoo and conditioner. Uh, she stole shampoo and conditioner. <laughs> this is Eliza's story now. I was like, ah, fuck. Dang it, baby. Dang it. So it's probably at least like 10 or more dollars. Oh, that more. You, yeah. yeah. I mean, if it was nice shampoo it's or good, like depending shampoo. on how big it was too, yeah. like it could have been like $15. So. So when are they going to make the Nick Cage movie about you? I don't know, but I, I want to be played by Nick Cage. I feel Obviously. like it would have to be. Yeah. For sure. That was a daring heist. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. Um, The other story that I have involves me and my husband and a couple of our friends and I was definitely over the age of 21, but not by a lot, maybe 23. And we were living together. And at one point he was like, you just, you're, I was working at a bakery. So I was getting up early every day and everything, you know, he's like, you're just not, you don't, you don't want cut loose anymore. Like you don't have fun anymore. Like what, you know, this is coming from Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, That's what hilarious. the shit? Fuck you. I'm awesome. So we went out with our friends that night and we went to a strip club and I got hammered drunk and um, tried to give strippers dollar bills out of my mouth, and I was 100% sure one of them was Michelle Branch. I remember that distinctly. I don't... All, all Michelle Branch are, is better than that. All these things are perfectly legal so far, I know. Though. But, so, we're driving home the back way. I'm not driving, so it's not a drunk driving legal story. And I make Tyler stop, and I proceed to vomit over, like, four different front yards, including one mailbox. <laughs> So technically, that's illegal, right? Like defacing property or something. I being that it's biodegradable, I'm gonna go with probably not. Yeah, I know that like urination defecation is on that list. What about like drunken disorderly? I mean, you probably could have gotten like a drunken public or something. Yeah, it was hot mess drunken public. Yeah, yeah. It was. I feel like a lot of people have done that. Then okay, well then I I stole shampoo with my baby. (laughs) 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 It's my baddest thing I've ever done. I mean, if drunken public is like a crime that can build on itself, I should be locked up for. The rest of my fucking life. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. Like, there was a good period of time where I wasn't in public without being drunk because, well, public's <laughs> fucking frightening. Yeah. Public is awful. For sure. Oh, geez. That's my story. Sorry, guys. Well. Shelby's going to top us all. Let's, yes. Woo-hoo! Let's raise the stakes very slightly. <laughs> I, I'm not really sure which one to tell. There, there's a, there's a well, <laughs> my life of crime is uh, long and illustrious, as you know. Uh-huh. So I'm not really sure where to go with this. I've I've got a car chase story. Uh, I have a story where I actually was not in the wrong, but I was arrested. Uh-huh. Um, and a bunch of other stuff I don't want to say on a medium where I'm being recorded. Yes, I I feel those. So so take a pick between those two. Uh, the one where you were arrested and you actually didn't do anything. Okay, so that one was interesting. Um, I was high. As fuck. <laughs> driving back from a friend of mine's house. And I got pulled over and I'm like, oh no. Oh no. But it's fine. Like, I didn't have anything with me. So I That's was. That's good. That, and that wasn't even the illegal part at that point, really, as far as I knew. Mm-hmm. But but I was like, oh no, I'm good. No big deal. So he comes up and he's talking to me. And he goes back to his car. And he comes back and says that I matched the description of somebody who had robbed a gas station in Kansas uh, the day before. What? And I'm oh. like, oh. <laughs> really? He goes, "Yeah, I'm Odessa, you come with me." And I'm like, "Huh?" What? Uh, okay. I oh, got out God. of my car and I got in the back of the squad car, and they were like driving me down to 
headquarters mm-hmm. in in a not a big town by any means, but like there was enough town between us where they had to like radio me in and everything else. Yeah. And we're driving along. Turns out that I am uh, between five. I believe it was like five eight and six five, depending on the <laughs> description. <laughs> Well, I mean, you were sitting uh, down in a po- car, yeah, po- obviously. Possibly of Native American uh, ethnicity. <laughs> what? And the whole time, just sitting there like, huh, so what did I get away with? And they were like, like $75? I was like, I would have done it for that. Like, just giving them <laughs> shit the whole time. So I'm just like, I don't know how this is going to go. I at least want to be able to have a story. Yeah. So we get just down. Just in case you had a podcast someday. Right, exactly. Right. Just in case. So I would have a story. Really, it was for them. It was for their benefit. Right, I just right, wanted right. to be like, oh, this one time we, we arrested this 6'5 Native American guy that turned out to be this chubby 5'11 <laughs> white kid. I didn't know How that How old were... were you? Uh, 16, 17. Wow. I didn't know that they were able to just take you. Well. Like, without identification. Like, they could have checked it that way, couldn't they? Or no? I mean, they didn't. They didn't have like an ID on the guy. They just had a description. Oh, and so they can take anybody the, into custody? I'll tell you what, Jennifer. I don't know the law because at this point I didn't have to. Right. Um, <laughs> the the best part of this whole thing is we got two blocks from headquarters, and they like finally radioed me in. So I've been talking to them the whole time. Like, I was just giving them shit the whole time. Yeah. Like, I'm like, well, you know, if I would have done it this way, or if I would have done it, I would have done it like this. You know? <laughs> of course. And because I was high as balls. Yeah, so I, I was having fun with it, just knowing that I was probably going to jail for a crime that some very tall Native American man had committed. <laughs> so we get like two blocks in. They actually radio me in. And they're like, uh, we we got that guy like four hours ago. Oh, and I'm just geez. sitting in the back just smiling at him. And they're, they kind of turn around and they're like, God damn it, fucking kids. Like, so what do we do now? It was like, I... I guess we'll take you back to your car. I'm like, can we go through a drive-thru or something? Like, I, <laughs> I'm just mad at this point. I'm mad, but I'm still hot as fuck. fuck. So, yeah. yeah, so I'm still giving them shit the whole time. They took me back to my car, and I was like, so, that, what what happens now? They were like, you just go. I'm like, that doesn't feel right. That doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't seem like the thing that should be happening in this situation. They're like, no, no, you just go about your day. You go about your day, sir. Enjoy um, your life. Yeah, so I was like, okay, well. Have a cool life. And Bye. Yeah, so that's the only time I've ever actually been arrested, technically. So, were you, like, super tan at the time? Because you do not look Native American I at mean, all. I mean, probably. It was the middle of summer. Yeah. So, there's a, there's a good chance. I was working on a farm at the time, so there's every so chance maybe. of that. But at the same time, whenever I work on the farm and get all suntanned, my hair lightens up a lot, too. Gotcha. Yeah. So, at a certain point, no fucking way. Yeah. Right. But at the same time, I was just like, I think it was the long hair. I think that's what yeah. it was like. Oh, you know, pretty tall, pretty tall guy. You know, broad build, long hair. Obviously, this Native American criminal. <laughs> this is obviously it's this, 16, this sixteen year old kid that was just trying to go to McDonald's to <laughs> his high off his ass. Nice, nice. Okay, so speaking of going to jail, I think going to McDonald's. I was excited for a second. Kind of hungry, actually. McDonald's could could be good. Um. <laughs> It's did always you, good. What are you is so good. Okay. So did you know that in the 1800s in the UK, you could be hanged for murder, arson, right. oh. forgery, cutting down trees that weren't yours. Uh-huh. What? Yeah, no, I knew about that one. Stealing horses or sheep. Mm-hmm. For lewd purposes or just... Just in general. Okay. Any purposes you want. Gotcha. Destroying turnpike roads. So, like, messing up a road. Okay. Um... 
Stealing from a rabbit warren. So, like, stealing a rabbit. <laughs> what? Um, Pickpocking goods worth a shilling or more. So, a shilling is, like, what? Like, five cents? Like, nothing. Like, hardly anything. I mean, I assume at the time that a shilling was It's worth... not very much. Oh, okay. It, well. Yeah. Um, hmm. Or being out at night with a blackened face. What? Yes. Also, over 215... What if you are literally a black person? I don't... I don't think they had that problem That's... at the time so much. Okay. It's a purposefully blackened face. So, yes. Okay. With so, the intent to cause mischief or whatever. Right. So. Okay. Um, so there were other, over 215 other minor um, offenses that English law carried a mandatory sentence of death. So, like, the judge literally had to be like, I think this is fucking stupid, but you're going to die. That I, is ridiculous. I've always said there were too many English people. Well, right. And so that was horrible. So many people died. So many people. I died, thought you were you agreeing with Shelby for a second. <laughs> there are so many English people and the Canadians. God damn it. Yeah. Okay. And so this was great for like medical schools and anatomy schools because they were only legally allowed to dissect the bodies of those who'd been condemned to death. But it was really, really terrible for literally every other person in England. <laughs> okay. Okay. I mean, maybe if you just step proper. Like, just don't go outside with a black face. So I don't know what to tell you. Right. I, I don't know how hard that could possibly be. Um, however, the Judgment of Death Act in 1823 gave judges the discretion to pass a lesser sentence for the first time ever, and it changed all of this. That's just a little background, you guys, just so you know. Hmm. And this led to an extreme shortage of dead bodies available for, like, science and stuff. Obviously. <laughs> okay. Okay, so I'm curious about the end stuff. Yeah, just <laughs> science and stuff. Like, what's the other thing? Dissections and sex. Okay. Obviously. <laughs> I, I was okay. like, dissections? I thought that was what we were talking Oh, she, mm, she went there. Okay, I went fantastic. there. Right. Okay, so what could these medical schools do? Obviously, these poor, poor children needed to learn about the human anatomy and cut up people and things. Because so, at the time, you couldn't just donate your body to science. No, like, that wasn't legally, a thing. you couldn't do that okay. yet. It was cool. only the bodies of people that were condemned to death because, like, the church didn't allow for it or whatever. Like, I'm, I'm sure there was a religious aspect mm -hmm. to yeah. it because, again, people that were condemned to death are probably seen as evil folk that yeah. won't be going to the kingdom of heaven, so they don't really need their vessel or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um. So the medical schools decided to offer financial compensation for corpses with little to no questions asked. How exciting. Hooray. <laughs> Hooray. <laughs> it's a big and day. This led to a new and exciting field known as resurrectionists. And that is where our story begins. Oh. Can we just go ahead and call those grave robbers and call it good? Or? Well, instances of grave robbing actually ran so rampant that, like, families would sit around and just hang out by the recently dug graves because they thought people would come and steal them, steal the corpses. And there were actually watchtowers that were installed in cemeteries all over the UK. Because they had to hire people to come and, like, make sure that nobody was dug up. Interesting. Yes. So the fresher the body, the more money it was worth. Obviously. Obviously. Right. So it didn't really take that long before grave robbing actually graduated into murder. And that became so common that it got its own, like, official name known as anatomy murder, which is a murder committed with the sole intention of providing the remains for medical research. I feel like that's a little extra. Like, you're going to, like, if you get caught for the murder, you, like, you're going to, like, obviously die. Uh-huh. Yeah, but if you don't get paid, you're probably also going to obviously die. Yeah. I would I assume guess. there's a pretty high poverty rate here. 
I'm, I'm assuming it's not English noblemen going out and committing these murders just oh, no. for the, the sheer thrill of getting the, what, nine shillings? I don't know how much that, 45 cents, We'll right? cover that later, yes. Okay, sounds mm-hmm. good. Huh. So, the most famous of these resurrectionists slash anatomy murderers were known as Burke and Hare. I've done seen this movie. This book, movie is so good, it by the way. It is really good. Simon it's Pegg is amazing in this. Hilarious. Um, and all these murders occurred between 1827 and 1828, so in less than a year. All right. So William Burke and William Hare, both named William, kind of confusing, so we'll refer to them as Burke and Hare, uh, both came from the province of Ulster in north of Ireland and moved to Scotland to work on the Union Canal. This all happened in Edinburgh. That's where there's a huge medical school, and this is really, like, a, where a big part of the issue is because – one, there's a shit ton of really poor people, and there's a really big school that needs a bunch of dead bodies. So, is it Edinburgh had... or Edinburgh? Edinburgh? I thought it was Borough. It looks like Borough, but I always thought that it was Edinburgh. Edinburgh? I'm not sure. I'll say Edinburgh. I, I don't care. Your call. How often are you planning on saying this? Not that often. Okay, cool. Okay. It's fine. No, it looks like Berg, but it says. Yeah. Just know e- that Sarah doesn't know. E-D-I-N-B-U-R-G-H. Yeah, Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Okay, whatever. So, I, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, the pair met and became close friends when Burke moved in with his mistress, Helen McGonnell, to lodgings in Tanner's Close in the West Port area of Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Yeah. <laughs> I was just more confused by the, the series of, like, community names you listed there. Yeah, sorry. I couldn't triangulate on that it's on a map a if really, I tried. It's, like, not the really, really, really poor part, but it's, like, poor part adjacent. Poor enough. Yeah. It's, like, where we're at right now. Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay, so Hare lived on the same street and was running a boarding house with Margaret Laird, a widower with whom he lived as man and wife. She was also known as Margaret Hare, even though they were not legally married. Because both these dudes left a wife and kids back in their hometown. Because they're dicks. So, they first ran into the world of medical science in December of 1827 when one of Hare's tenants, an elderly army army pensioner by the name of Old Donald, not to be confused with Old MacDonald. Right. Right, that'd be Ireland, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and on a farm, not mm-hmm. in the middle right. of a town. Yeah. yeah. Died of natural causes while still owing Hare four pounds in rent wow that's like seven thousand dollars i know it's so much (laughs) to cover the man's outstanding debt burke and Hare weighed down his coffin with tanning bark prior to his funeral and then took his body to the medical school where they were pointed in the direction of professor robert knox a popular anatomy lecturer who's pretty known like for being down to buy some sketchy dead bodies like <laughs> like he's known no for it. questions at, yeah <laughs> actually okay. he is like that's honestly like his first mistake because i'm not sketch. known for that but whatever like <laughs> right. i'm on craigslist a lot Ask, shit happens no questions asked um knox actually paid the duo seven pounds ten shillings for donald's body body so profit yeah that's more than he owed him that's exactly. amazing there you go um, they were surprised and a, more than a little excited by the ease at which they made this money. So they struck again when another tenant named Joseph became ill. Unfortunately, the boys never learned that patience is a virtue because Burke and Hare took it upon themselves to help poor Joseph along by getting him drunk and then suffocating him. Oh. Yep. 
So this actually became their favorite method of murder as it left the body completely unmarked and undamaged for the students who were later going to dissect the cadavers. And they used it so freaking often that in the aftermath of their killings, it was known as burking. Because other people were doing this. Oh. I'm, I'm really bummed out for hair in that situation. I know. Like, I know. It, you won't be. It's fine. He got kind of robbed. That's uh, I'm we'll, we'll cover that. It's fine. Okay. So, in total, Burke and Hare are known, to have, are known to have murdered at least 16 people for between 7 and 10 pounds apiece. Although the real total is probably a lot higher because they would actually offer, like, homeless people places to stay the night. And there was no way to track this. So they're not like a fucking Airbnb. There's no paper right. trail. <laughs> so there's 16 people that are known that they paid were paid to kill, basically. That's a lot of people. They were they weren't paid to kill. They were paid to deliver. Paid to deliver the corpses. How they no get questions there, asked. How they get there is uncircumstantial. I mean, I guess for Knox's purposes, yes. Well, yeah. I mean, like, don't put a bullet in their brain if you want to right. dissect that. Exactly. But. Okay. So, one person that was lucky enough to get away was named Janet Brown. She was a local sex worker, and she and her friend Mary Patterson were invited to stay the night by Burke because he was such a nice guy and would, like, invite people to stay because they needed a place to sleep or whatever. Such a nice guy. Jennifer, that's your last name. Do you know her? There are a lot of Browns in this world. Did you, so... Do you have a great-grandma, a great-great-great-grandma named Janet who is a sex worker? I don't think so. We all actually have exactly that. I mean, it could happen. Yeah. I see the pain you're hiding behind your bangs. <laughs> behind the bangs. Behind the bangs. Behind the bangs. Um, again for Brown story. Right. So <laughs> <laughs> Janet left to, you know, hang out with some dudes. And nice. she returned to find her friend missing and was told that Mary and Burke had actually stepped out together. Um, she waited around for her friend to return, but she never did. And finally she was like, dudes, I have to leave. Like, I, I can't just hang out here all night. Sorry. I'm sure she said that exactly. Probably. Sorry, dudes. Sorry, dudes. Gotta leave. I gotta go I see gotta bounce, a, bros. A John about <laughs> some stuff. Um, but she had no idea that her friend Mary was actually laying dead in the next room. Like, she was there the whole time and that they were probably gonna kill her next if she hadn't left when she did. Gotcha. Okay. So, Burke and Hare soon became greedy, and no one was safe. As you can imagine, like, little Simon Pegg getting really excited about stuff, because I feel like he just runs around crazy excited and skittish the whole movie. That's basically how that went. It yeah, was but... wonderful. Um, They killed an elderly woman by overdosing her with painkillers, and then murdered her blind grandson by breaking the boy's back across Hare's knee. Oh, my God. Shoot. I don't remember that in the movie. Yeah, I think they cut that part out. Um, even a relative of Helen, of Helen's, uh, one of their mistresses, um, her name was Anne McDougall. I can't do Scottish names, just so we're all aware. I, I have the same problem with Europe. Ugh. I Anne actually Mc intentionally mispronounce things just to say, fuck you, Europe. Anne McGonagall. <laughs> No relation to Professor McGonagall. That's what I thought you were yeah, saying. That's honestly what I was going to try to you, say. You went from McGonagall to McDougall, so I'm not really sure who this person is anymore. So this lady named Anne, who was related to Helen, um, just flat out murdered in her bed while she was sleeping. Um, the problems that came up were when a number of Knox's students actually started to recognize people that they were being brought so they recognized Mary that we talked about, those friends with Janet, and two other prostitutes that were murdered by Burke and Hare. 
Um, so the medical students were recognizing these prostitutes, but afraid to say that they recognized yeah, the prostitutes. Right. That means that they knew the prostitutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Sly. The, the, it was made even worse when the pair brought in a handicapped children's entertainer by the names of James Wilson, who is known in the city as Daff Jamie. Like, he was pretty popular in the area. Like, a lot of people knew him. And people actually spoke up in class to be like, hey, isn't that, like, what the fuck is going on? So, hold up just a second. Was he handicapped or did he entertain handicapped children? <laughs> I was literally no, thinking No, he was that. handicapped. Because um, Knox, so they called it out in the classroom, right, when Knox was performing the dissection, and he denied the identity of the body, and in doing so, actually removed the deformed foot and, like, the head of the body before he dissected it. So this guy had, like, a deformed head, yeah, and, like, a foot. Hmm. That's a, that's a hard one to pass, I feel like. I just, I'm saying, it's not good. I'm just like, hey, isn't that, isn't that the elephant man? It's like, no, no, you just got a no, real you, fucked up face. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. It's fine, guys. Let me just uh, hide this foot over here. No big deal. I so, think it's in an anatomy school. They can probably hide foots just about anywhere. Like, make it disappear. It. I also just said foots, and I don't feel good about that. <laughs> I believe the word is feet. <laughs> I, I think mean, so, too, yeah. If anybody at home was questioning that, <laughs> the word is feet. The word is feet. <laughs> So basically you could say shit was starting to go south because they were running out of people to kill. They're killing popular children's entertainers. Like, it's not a good thing. So on Halloween of 1828, Burke and Hare's last victim, Marjorie Campbell Doherty, was invited to stay with Burke and Helen on the pretense that she was a distant relation of Burke's mother. Why they had to have a pretense of this, I don't fully understand because they own a lodging house, but whatever. That's true. Maybe, um, maybe you like have to charge them if they're not related to you. Maybe, maybe there's some law in that particular community or something. Maybe. Well, and by this point too, like Hare, even though he lived in a smaller house, was also running like a boarding house too. Mm-hmm. So they would like swap people back and forth. Okay. And like Hare and his mistress were concerned that Burke and his mistress were like taking bodies to Knox and not cutting them in on the deal. So they were both like working behind each other's backs. So again, like we don't know how many people they killed. Yeah. So they're working together and also separate too. So um let's see. Burke's other lodgers, a couple named James and Anne Gray, were invited to stay temporarily at Hare's boarding house that evening so that, you know, Burke could murder the shit out of his other lady. Murder the shit out of her. Murder the shit out of this other lady, this Marjorie lady. That is how death works. You will avoid your bowels. You will, 100%. So on James and Anne's return to Burke's lodging the following day, because they just stayed at Hare's so he could kill a lady, um, the Greys were told that Marjorie had been asked to leave because she'd been too flirtatious with Burke, so they booted her the fuck out. Good. Evidently. It's the last thing we need in this place. <laughs> the couple became suspicious when they were not allowed to enter their room where they'd left some belongings. And when left alone, they discovered Marjorie's dead body hidden under the bed. Yeah, get the fuck out of there. Get out. Uh, the couple challenged he- Helen over their discovery, and she offered them a bribe of 10 pounds a week if they would keep the discovery to themselves. You guys, that's a dead body. That's how much a dead body costs. Tax. Well, that yeah, but it's ten pounds a week. Like this yeah. is an ongoing payment. Yeah, hmm. nice. I mean, she's comfortable giving away that amount of money. She's raking it in, she man. She is. They did way more than sixteen bodies. I'm just saying. I mean, really, because <laughs> they could really only sustain themselves for sixteen weeks on <laughs> presumably the amount that they actually killed. Yeah. And they got these boarding houses, you know. 
Or you offer them that, and then when they come back to collect, you just murder the shit you out of them, too. You just murder the shit out of them. Yeah. 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 Did I ruin the ending of the story? No, no. you said that was their last murder, so no. Yeah. I didn't kill the Grays. Don't worry. So the Grays refused because they're, like, good people or whatever, and reported the murder to the police. <laughs> <laughs> However, in the meantime, word must have reached Burke and Harris. By the time the police arrived at the premises, Marjorie's body had been removed and already taken to Knox. So Burke and Helen and later Hare and Margaret were all arrested and gave conflicting accounts of what had taken place, with Burke and Hare each blaming each other. So, like, I'm sure there was a lot of finger pointing going on because no one wanted to take the blame for this. Because they're all going to fucking die. Right. I mean, yeah. Yep. Uh, the police investigation soon led them to Knox, and James Gray identified the body found in Knox's lecture hall as Marjorie. Hmm. Way hmm. to cover his tracks. Yeah. Good job, Knox. Um, if you would have just chopped the head and the foot off of that one, too, fine. No one would have been able to recognize her. Uh-huh. Right. Well, because, I mean, like, how many dead bodies are probably in this place at any given moment? Probably a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So Burke you... and Hare are not the only ones doing this, you guys. Right. This it's... is a nationwide problem. A exactly. dilemma. An epidemic. I'm going to go as probably community-wide, because I'm assuming people aren't driving long distances to Edinburgh to sell these bodies. Well, but there are other medical schools in the uk that were dealing with the same things this is just right. the best known case i don't give a shit about those schools because we're talking about <laughs> how many bodies can fit in the edinburgh medical school at any given one at any one at any given point like, I that's see. all i'm worried about gotcha so having read about the murder in a local newspaper janet brown jennifer's great 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 grandmother yes. right yeah the streetwalker the, the sex worker sex worker how do you work sex do you not walk the streets no she's not a Sex would, worker. So yeah. you wouldn't know. I. That's valid. Shut up, Shelby. <laughs> I hate you so much. Yeah, whatever. That's a good um, point. Janet Brown later identified the clothes found at Hare's lodging house as belonging to her missing friend, Mary Patterson. Why they didn't get rid of her bo- or clothes, I don't know. But they didn't. They were dressing up in them. Evidently. Yes. Or maybe they were nice. Maybe she was a high-class sex worker, and the wives slash mistresses wanted her clothes. Mm. I don't know. Maybe. So the problem is, the police actually had little hard evidence to prove the crimes had been committed, other than, like, people just fucking being missing. Or, like, a slew of bodies that had been (laughs) identified by medical students or whatever. Exactly. And eventually, the Lord Advocate, Sir William Ray, offered Hare immunity in return for testifying against Burke and Helen, which, of course, he was super happy to do, because he's a dickhole. Well, yeah. Um, The trial actually began on Christmas Eve, 1828. And early the following day, Burke and Helen were both charged with Marjorie Dockery's murder. Burke was also charged with the murder of Mary Patterson and James Wilson. While Helen's complicity in Marjorie's murder was deemed not proven under Scottish law, she was set free. And Burke was sentenced to death by hanging. So. All right. So that's why he he got that super cool murder move named after him. Exactly, because he he was was the the one one that was actually charged. Yeah, he was the actual murderer. Yeah. Because of the law. Because the law said so. Gotcha. Yep. So William Burke was hanged at Lawn Market in front of a very large cheering crowd of over 25,000 people on wow. January 28th of 1829. And his body was donated to medical science. How many people? 25,000. Whoa. That's that a lot. That is 250,000 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> So a number of anatomy students took souvenirs of his skin and used it to bind books and card holders. Um, his skeleton is still on display at Sturgeon's Hall in Edinburgh next to his death mask and the life mask of Hare's face. 
They do life masks? Evidently, yeah. I was not aware of that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Wait, did you say that they used his skin to bind books? Yep. Yeah. Is that a thing people do? If you're a creepy anatomy student, it is. Honestly, there are a lot more human skin bound books in this world than you might expect. Really? Oh, dude. Honestly, I didn't know that. That's. I know they have like a collection of, I think, at the Harvard Library. Yeah, I like, can there see are that. There are a bunch of them. No. Also, Hocus Pocus. Okay, well, that's, yeah. that's, Just not, that's not real, though. Fiction versus Harvard Library. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, I prefer are... fiction. <laughs> well, yeah, me too. <laughs> But I can touch the human skin-bound books at the Harvard Library. I don't think that they would let you touch the skin-bound books at the Harvard Library. They are not fictional. (laughs) I could touch them should I get past security. (laughs) Right. And then I'll have another story for the podcast. Perfect. About that time that I pet a dead guy's book. Yes. Dead guy book. Dead dead guy book. book. Yeah. Yep. Despite Hare's obvious involvement in the actual murders, um, he was released in February of 1829. And escaped escaped across the border into England. And no one really knows definitively what happened to him, but legend has it that he was thrown into a lime quarry by an angry mob and lived out his days as a blind beggar on the streets of London. Or he just fucking died. Okay, he's like a... He's he's just another pasty dude coming across the border. I don't think they're going to know who this guy is. That's true. Well, I mean, it was, like, sensationalized in the news... Yeah. So maybe? I don't know. I, I can't honestly tell a Scot from a Brit, if you ask me. I mean. <laughs> so Helen and Margaret also fled the country. Um, Helen said to have moved to Australia and Margaret moved to Ireland. Um, Also, despite public outrage, Knox was cleared of his involvement in the murders. I was wondering about that. Yep. And he was uh, allowed to continue teaching at the school. Wow. Yeah. So how much of the, uh, like, the crazy people slides or whatever from the movie is real? I don't know. Like, like that huge, like, the huge medical advancement they made because of these two guys. Obviously, I'm sure there are medical advancements made because of their contribution to, mm-hmm. to the medical sciences at the price of 10 pounds per body or whatever. Yeah. But at the same time, like, that whole thing made me think of them a lot like heroes. Like, that's that's really cool that so much medical advancement was done because of them, and it was this one really big thing that, like, the police were trying to interrupt, and it didn't really happen. Yeah. So I didn't know if that was a sensationalized portion of it or what I, it was. I think, a, to a certain extent, it probably was sensationalized. And I would assume they would have had no idea what their what happened to the bodies oh. after they yeah, left Yeah, they didn't there. care, I mean, probably. Yeah, it wasn't mm-hmm. their issue. They weren't going in the medical field by yeah. any means. Well, and here's the other thing, too. So this is all happening during 1828-1829. These murders actually spurred another group of murderers that I kind of want to talk about at a later date because it's actually really interesting and really sad. Um, But they they literally just burked people and were selling the bodies. Can we not use that as a word? (laughs) I just don't... I'm going to burke the shit out of this lady. I'm going to burke the shit out of this lady. Um, But in 1832, like, the government actually passed the Anatomy Act, which allowed doctors, anatomy lecturers, and medical students greater access to cadavers and allowed for legal donations of body into medical science. And so that actually ended the illegal body snatcher trade. So it wasn't even really a thing for that long. Well, and again, they, they made a contribution in some way or another, mm-hmm. both to the medical sciences and to the laws that would dictate how we the medical could... sciences could get cadavers to work on, which uh, is yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. 
So that's Burke and Harry guys. Like, I, I like them personally. I'm a fan. But like you're you're taking it <laughs> into your own hands on who gets to die. I don't like that part. Like maybe if there are, I mean, some of them were already dying, and like I get that one a little bit more than just people they found and st- decided to kill. I get your point. You know, but if you're looking at like greater good versus like the good of one person. And to Shelby's point, it's greater good makes it, you know what I mean? Like, not to uh, correlate things to, like, the Nazis. But, like, the Nazis did a lot of really, really shitty things. They also did a lot of things that helped medical science move forward. Nazis are bad people. (laughs) Sorry. Wow, that took way too long for you to say. Yeah. Nazis are really bad people. But no, I mean, their contributions to medical science can, I mean, you can't really deny that they did some good things with some really bad plans. I mean, fuck, our government brought Nazis over to work in their science program, gave them immunity for what they did, specifically because of what they could do for science. They're badass scientists. Yeah. Well, and regardless, I'm going greater good on this. More than anything, just because I feel like it was a necessary evil. Not that they should have been doing it. Not that they should have taken that into their own hands or whatever the case might be. But the need for bodies was but there. But somebody was going to do it, and they did. And you they know? did it with flair and panache. And Simon Pegg. Yes. And Simon Pegg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know who those other two guys are, but I like Simon Pegg in that movie. The old Peter Pettigrew is one of them, right? Or I, is think, it... I think so. I don't yeah. remember. I think, was it... Uh, Isla, Isla, I don't know how you say her, say her name, Fisher. Isla Fisher, she, yeah, Isla. she plays one of that them. That was Margaret, I think? I think so. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's a really funny movie. It's a dark comedy. It's kind of can't. I feel like it's kind of campy. Right, I mean, until yeah. they break that kid's back over their spine or whatever. That's not in the movie. Yeah, no, I'm aware. I would have stopped the movie <laughs> about that point if it had been. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold I'm not on. down for back breaking. Hold on. Little too historically accurate here. Murder, let's, yes. Let's back it up a step and get a little more Shaun of the Dead in this thing. Comedy murder, most definitely. Broken backs, not down for it. Right. No. Nope. Blind kid broken back. Yeah. Also, okay. did they, I mean, so they had this blind kid. They also had the. The grandmother that was taking care of the blind kid. No, no, no. Like the, the children's performer who was mm-hmm. deformed in some way or another. Did Was there any notable preying on people with like physical handicaps or was that, I mean, obviously there were a lot of people that were ill or elderly or whatever. I think it was probably but, just like who was available, who who they thought they could... Because neither one of them were, like, big dudes. I mean, they're just, right. like, little British Scotsmen, whatever they were. They were Scotsmen. Scotsmen. Goddamn Scots. Goddamn Scots. They were um, in Scotland. So, no, I don't think... I think it was just, like, victims that were available. There was completely, like, opportunity crime. Right. I think my favorite scene in the whole movie is where they murdered the really fat, drunk guy. Mm-hmm. Which would have been me, realistically, at that point in time. In my head, it's like their second. Isn't it their second victim? I think it's their second. I, I don't remember. I haven't seen the movie in like three years. The one that years, they get hammered, but... drunk, and then smother? No, no, no. This guy was just drunk walking down the street. Like He, oh. he had left the pub and was like walking down through like a tunnel or something. Yeah. But it's hilarious because they're both like pretty small guys, and this guy's like six-something six and like 300 pounds. He's good for science that way. He's, he is very good for science. <laughs> yep. A lot of them to go around. Oh, jeez. All right, guys. Well, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns about Burke and Hare or my inability to pronounce uh, Scottish names, let us know. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, or as always, you can email us at queencitycreeps at gmail.com. And we will talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye. Bye.